This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out. The bad seed, the broken eight, the bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad others, bad taste, bad luck, bad do, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York City. Home is more than a house. It's a personal paradise. Get yours with Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do bad. All my friends that come around, fly to fly to party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess. This town's a tattered, my brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake out. Are you with us tonight from New York? Eight, five, five, two, one, two, four, two, two, seven is the number to get on the bench. It's our toll-free hotline brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money if you switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. Rick Harrell will join us on our sports business report at 1040 East. 1103 East, 803 West, uh, Jeremy Kahn. He does afternoons on the fan in Baltimore, a great station in the Charm City. We'll talk to him about the Ravens-Seahawks game in Seattle, I believe, on Sunday. Should be a good one. So, ALCS game four in the boogie down. Baseball's home office has the Yankees chasing the Astros again. 3-1 Houston in the uh, bottom of the fifth. Runners on first and second, one out, Hicks coming up. They just took Grinky out. He went four and a third, gave up three hits, one earned run, four walks, five strikeouts. And uh, Springer has a three-run homer off Tanaka, who's still in the game at this point. And I have to tell you, um, it's the same thing you just said to me, Carver. Right, they're not hitting. They're not scoring. They're in massive trouble. They, if they lose this game tonight, it's over. It's, it's all over but the shouting. They'll lose tomorrow. It'll be over. I actually think this was a big mistake by Hinch right here. The Yankees, since the first inning, were not touching Granky at all. And I know we put a couple guys on, but their options right now, this guy Presley got whacked in game one. I mean, they get, they're in a bullpen in the fifth inning here. And this Astro bullpen, aside from Osuna and Joe Smith, uh, they're not very good. So I think Hinch might have... Got a little too fast a hook with Granky. I there. have to tell you, I heard one of the funniest things I've ever heard tonight driving in. We were listening to the Yankee broadcast, and without naming names um, and getting all involved in that, I, I just thought, uh, you know, I couldn't believe what I heard, right? Did I not hear that mafia? Did I not hear someone in that broadcast team? And because if you say anything bad about him here, you get a phone call in the morning. So I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna deal with that. But I'll tell you this. You know what one of them said? Right in the middle of the game. They're down 3-1. And <laughs> I'm sitting there driving. I almost wrecked my car. The individual said that, um, you know, the Astros, uh, you know, this is a, a big spot here for Tanaka because the Astros are not hitting with runners in scoring position. 
So they're hitting just 200 in, in, with runners in scoring position. Meanwhile, Springer had just hit a three-run homer with two guys on. And, and I'm listening to this clown tell me that Tanaka's got him right where he wants him. And meanwhile, didn't he walk two more? Like, it was like... Uh, it, there were that was Tanaka's obviously one really bad inning tonight. Right? I know, but like, are you kidding me? How do you say that he's got him right where he wants him, and they, they can't hit with runners in scoring position, but they're winning the game three one with a three run homer with two guys on? How do you say that on a broadcast? Right, and he's trying to uh, get out of trouble here. No, the trouble already came. He's trying to limit the bleeding. Well, yeah. he had he put two more guys on I, after that. I, I know, and, and, got, and out got out of it, it. But it doesn't matter because he gave up the three run shot. They're losing the game. Tanaka, he, he got lit by Springer, and then I'm listening to this nonsense about they can't hit with runners in scoring position except for that three-run home run I just saw. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, they're on their knees for this team. They never say anything bad about them, ever. I'm listening to the broadcast, and I'm just sitting there going, they're in big trouble here. And, and these two are talking about it like they got everything under control, haven't had a hit in a month. Uh, now, let me just say, can I go on my horse again? Uh, Gary Sanchez, can we douse him with water or something? I mean, is this guy going to wake up at all? What has he got, one hit in the postseason? The guy hit, what did he hit, 35 home runs? Did he have more than that? The guy had a great season and can't hit the broad side of a barn. If they threw a moose ball up there, he'd miss. And then your boy, Jeannie uh, uh, Stanton, that's what I'm going to call her now. Genie uh, can't play in any game because he's such a wuss bag. Honestly, I, I don't even understand it. I can't. I sit here and watch them. They can't get a hit. All they do, what did they get? Both these guys got on with walks? I believe so. I was Maybe LeMayhew got a hit. Uh, LeMayhew might have got a hit. I was in transit into here when that happened. Anyway, 3-1, runners on first and second, one out, bottom five. Presley and Hicks up. It's a 2-2 count, and this guy hasn't played in two months. He played in the last game. Was that his first game he played in, right? So I'm worried about him. Like, I'd love to see him get a hit or whatever, but, like, the guy hasn't played in two months. Or how long? Three months? Uh, August 2nd or 3rd or something like that. He's, he's like standing, missed the whole season. Well, at least he showed up and played in this series. Stan played... And how many, or like literally, uh, how many games is your 18, 12? What was Not it? Not even, it, no way. 12 games. games. Yeah, it might have been 12. That is so unbelievable to me. 300 million. Three games against Minnesota. Three games against Minnesota. Game one of this series. That was it. And that was it. So, oh, he played in four playoff games? Yes. And then he's, now he's shut down. But they, they're, they're leaving him on the roster. They said there's a chance he might DH tomorrow. What's the point? Right. He can't hit the broad side of a barn either. Now full count on Hicks. Uh, the they development. have Hicks up here because he's been taking a lot of pitches. That's the, Fair and, enough. Uh, I'd love to see him, you know, get a hit here. They need a run. Because the guys that have been hitting five through seven in the lot, five through nine he in walked. the lineup have been doing nothing. Base is juiced here for Torres, who's been their best hitter. He's been their best Been player. their best hitter flat out. All right, the big story tonight is uh, in Denver where uh, Pat Mahomes was injured for the Kansas City Chiefs in the second quarter of that game, correct? Uh, was it in the second quarter? Second quarter, yes. Why in God's name is he running quarterback sneaks with a bad ankle? Why is he running at all? And then he hurt his right knee? They, they, they say it's a knee. Yeah. Well, he's out getting uh, x-rays and MRIs. Uh, that does not sound good at all. He's already got a fried ankle, high ankle sprain, right, or something? No, uh, that'll kill their season. Oh, that'll that's going to ruin him. So Matt Moore's your quarterback now. Now, I'll give you this. 
the game is still within uh, control because they're winning. And because the Broncos suck. And it's 20 to 6. And I'm surprised Tyreek Hill didn't get a, a flag there. He punched the guy. Did you just see that? Did you see him throw a punch? He did. How do you not get flagged for that? They'll, they'll throw 50 flags a night, but you don't throw a flag when a guy throws a punch? I mean, what are you doing? Anyway, I can't get started on refs tonight. I got enough problems in my life. I can't really. Actually, I don't have many problems. You see, having that 20-6 to 6 lead with Mahomes going down, this is like what I was saying last night. Do you think that the, that the Broncos are actually going to score 20 points in this game? Like, I just... I just don't. No matter uh, who's playing quarterback. Well, I, you know, I have to see it to believe it because I still have this weird feeling that because this guy's so, you know, average at best and he's cold as ice, right? He came in the game, hasn't played one down the whole season. Now, Matt Maher's not the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my life, but he's cold as ice. He's done nothing. Like, what's he at practice throwing reps? So I don't want to hear it. But uh, they're up 20 to 6 with seven minutes left in the third in Denver and they have the ball third and four. And uh, they're in their own end still, I believe, somewhere around the 40 or something. And uh, we got our eyes on that game. Oh, they're almost at midfield. They're at around the 47-yard line. One and two to count on uh, Torres. Bases loaded, one out, bottom five. I mean, the chances they He just they tried keep... to hit this one to Connecticut, this swing that he just took Well, right the, the chances are running out. I mean, the outs are running out. The chances are running out. The base runners are running out. And they never get hits anymore or uh, drive in any runs. That's the problem. Uh, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver says the financial losses in China have been substantial since the Daryl Morey tweet a few weeks ago and the Chinese government asked the NBA to fire Morey, which they are not going to do. The Wizards gave big money to Bradley Beal this morning as he signs an extension in D.C. to add two years on his current deal, bringing his total value to four years and nearly $130 million. What was the deal? Like $77 million added to it? Added on to what he had left, yeah. So it ends up being four for about one thirty. At the end of the day. All right. Uh, Louisiana leads Arkansas State in the fourth with 11 minutes left, 24-20. UCLA now up on Stanford, 21-10. I knew Stanford was in trouble when I heard this morning that they were starting their third-string quarterback who's never played a down in his life. Sure enough, they're losing. There you go. First, uh, we keep an eye on both of these games, the Thursday-nighter in Denver, ALCS with Torres facing dire straits, and he drives one foul down the line. Uh, so the deal is this. We got our eyes on these games later this hour. Rick Harrow on Sports Business is Pharrell on a bench. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. So Elvis Presley strikes out Encarnacion with the sacks full. It's still 3-1 going to the sixth. And uh, Encarnacion literally hasn't had a hit in like since June. That's how cold he is. He's ice cold. And he missed everything. All I, when the swing and miss, he missed it by three feet. That's how bad he missed that pitch. I mean, I couldn't even believe he fouled a ball off. That's how cold he's been. I don't know who's worse, Sanchez or Encarnacion. They've both been just absolutely worthless for New York, in, in my opinion, in the entire uh, postseason. So, whatever. In this series, for sure, right? They, they're not hitting. They're not scoring. They're not doing anything, right? So, And you can't tell me, Carver High, that you're going to – bet on them tomorrow against Verlander. They're going to lose this game tonight, and they're going to lose tomorrow, too. They're done. Yeah, I'm not ready to go there yet. I am. The whole they're done stuff. They can't even the, score a run. In the fifth inning when the Astros still have to get 12 more outs, I'm not going there yet. I, they, I don't even they've think they had, can. I know they've left the village on the bases tonight, but if they keep getting opportunities, somebody's going to come through eventually. Encarnacion? I didn't say him. Somebody's got to. Somebody's got to get a hit. It's just that's the way it is. 
So I, I just think uh, they look terrible. I mean, to me, they look as cold as uh, Alaska in, in February. Honestly, they're, they're not hitting. Get, they're not doing anything right. The thing about this type of game is, is that when you get into a situation in this series where you're in the Astro bullpen in the fifth inning, you have to win that game. That's what the Yankees do. The Yankees feast on bullpens, and their, and their strength is late in the game when their bullpen comes in. This is a game that the Yankees have to win now. It is still a winnable game. It's two runs. It is still a winnable game for them. They have had, they've blown a million chances tonight, but they could still win this they game. They have got to get fam lips out there tomorrow DHing no matter what. I don't care what. I don't care if his leg falls off. I don't need him to run. I need him to swing because Encarnacion has become a, a fan, literally like an air-blowing fan. I mean, the guy is swinging and whiffing at everything. I could strike him out. I mean, and they keep showing him in the dugout, too, because he has been worthless. He is so out of New York. It's not even funny. They've already got him a plane ticket out of here because he's done nothing. He's done absolutely nothing. And, I mean, to watch him just keep coming up to the plate makes me sick to my stomach because every time he comes up, it's an automatic out. It it really is. It's unbelievable. And uh, they're just, just making him look bad. I mean... I don't know. You know, I think you're right about uh, this is what they do. They get the bullpens, but uh, that bullpen just did the job right there like nobody's yeah, but business. I, they need to take advantage of it. They're in a spot that a game that they can absolutely and should win. They now need to take advantage. There's no excuses to Error, that. first baseman LeMahieu. No excuses if you lose this game. You're in there playing in the fifth inning. You're at home. You're the Yankees who bash, you know, all that stuff. This is it. This is a game you win. If you don't, there are no excuses. So, I don't want to hear about Tanaka or anybody else. So now they're pulling him, uh, him out of the game after LeMayhew botched an easy ground ball. I don't know what he was doing there. What was that? What What's the problem? I I don't. What did he do? He freaked out. That's an easy out. What are you doing, bro? I, I just don't get it. Twenty to six, Chiefs. They have the ball first and ten at their own forty-three near midfield. Moore is the quarterback. The deal is is that Mahomes is oh, and there's a touchdown to Hill, a bomb, complete, hizzy. It got the defender napping and, and Hill got around him and scored the touchdown, the bomb, and he's partying in the tunnel. Got a little shimmy going, a little uh, 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 uh. 26-6. to six, No flags for the first time in two months. No flags on a touchdown. Can you believe it? I got to see this, a crossing pattern, and then the defender just absolutely got burned and then fell down on his face, and Hill smoked him. Great floater by Moore, too. Like I said before, the guy can play. He hasn't taken a snap the whole season, but he can play. We've seen Moore quarterback several teams, and uh, now it's 27-6 to six Chiefs, 4-20, eight out. Left in the third, and uh, they got a big lead in Denver over the hapless Broncos. You're right about the Broncos, man. Are they terrible? I mean, Joe Flacco, uh, do you think he'll retire after watching his own game films this year at the end of the season, or do you think he'll just keep collecting that check? This could be the end of the line for him. He might just call it a day because he's gotten so bad. It's it's like laughable watching him play. It really is. I wonder what the people in uh, Baltimore think. I bet they're happy he's gone because it was only going to get worse there. 
And they got Lamar Jackson playing. Now, Pete Carroll said about Lamar Jackson as they get ready for him uh, this Sunday that he's a, a real nightmare. He's as good as we've ever seen. He's as fast and elusive as we've seen. Cam Newton has always been uh, difficult to play against. They have so much offense and all that. These guys, uh, likewise, they seem even more apt uh, than with Cam to just let him go and run and play football, just like you see the guys playing in college. He's tough, physical, explosive, creative. He's throwing the ball well, too. It's a nightmare, very difficult getting ready for him. It's a game that really calls for great discipline to play the running game and defense. It's always discipline first. You think it's just being hard, tough, physical. We like that, too, but that's just part of it. we got to do things right. This offense, more than any offense that we'll face, will uh, demand that we have to do it right. That means you've got to gap control stuff. Uh, the way we scrape, the way we fill and thin our run plays, they tax you to the maximum. It's all about being tuned in and, and focused. Every single play you have to do right or the ball will break. It's a great challenge. It's exciting for us to try to figure out and see if we can do it. Russell Wilson is having, I think, uh, certainly a better year than Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson's doing great, but I think Wilson's doing even better. Uh, the Seahawks are 5-1. and one. The Ravens are 4-2. and two. Should be a great game. What do you think there, uh, Carver? A shot down into the corner. It was foul. Jeez, they got lucky there. That would have been 4-1. Shot into the uh, right corner, and it was foul by literally a foot. That thing's fair. It's 4-1. I'll tell you that much. I mean, it is unbelievable. And, uh, oh, Chad Green's pitching now, right? So, who do you like in that game, uh, Carver High? Do you think the uh, Russell Wilson at home gets it done against the Ravens? Yeah, I like the Seahawks on Sunday. I really do. I think it'll be a good game, one of the better games of the day. And I think that uh, Russell Wilson will just find a way to get that done, in, uh, at home especially. Mafia, who do you like there? I like the Seahawks being at home, making Ravens go across the country. I think that they have a good enough secondary that they can kind of get up in the face of Lamar Jackson in the running game and try to make them throw it over the top and have guys like Griffin defend on over the you know the deep receivers. So I think they're going to limit them. They're going to have their shots. They're going to get their you know chances here or there where they break a big hole or something, but I think that the Seahawks are just better. they got to be uh, booing this guy Flacco tonight in Denver now. Did you see him just on third and nine get thrown, right, batted down at the line? Like, he looks lifeless out there. Watch this play. I don't know if you've seen it. Look at this guy. He's just like, whatever. I'm... This has been going on for seven weeks. This He is a hack now. This team cannot score. The only reason they won the last two weeks is because they were playing even more inept offense. Can you even believe, like, how he's fallen off? Like, he looks like he, he's not, a, like, even a pro football quarterback. He He looks like, I mean, it's... It's just atrocious watching him play. It really is. It's amazing to me that that guy won a Super Bowl. It looks like he's the backup that just got thrown in there because the starter got hurt, except that he's the one who's taking all the snaps all week in practice. He looks like a third stringer to me. He really does. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. Uh, Just massive football action going on. You got the Thursday nighter. There's college football. More college football tomorrow night with Ohio State Northwestern. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, just massive football. Go on PharrellOnTheBench.com. What are you waiting for? I got you covered. You get everything, the hockey, the baseball, boxing, MMA, basketball starts next week. PharrellOnTheBench.com rules. Every play, every day, big changes coming in November. Better for you. PharrellOnTheBench.com. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. 
Ricardo's our sports business and legal insider on CBS Sports Radio, and he joins us tonight. I think he's uh, down in Florida, maybe. No. Where are you? Indianapolis. Oh, all right. What are you doing in Indy? I've got a, a, a speech today uh, driving up to Chicago for that Ohio State-Northwestern game. Then uh, Wisconsin-Illinois bucket list. Never seen a game in Illinois, and that'll be a 60-point snoozer. And then Sunday, the Colts and the Texans. So it's uh, some good Midwest football. So you're going from Chicago back to Indy. Yeah, Chicago, Bloomington, or... or uh, uh, Champagne. Champagne, sorry. Right, forget it. And then the Indy. All right. Uh, so uh, tell me what you think of, uh, you know, the latest uh, about this NBA China disaster. Because, uh, you know, he's admitted, uh, you know, the silver, the substantial losses for the league. And he says he's not firing Daryl Morey. And the Chinese government said that's what they wanted. Uh, tell me what you think of this whole disaster. Well, the disaster is... Um that nobody saw the intensity of the Chinese government. And we realize that if you have a state-run operation that can shut everything down in a minute, it really means that in in 30 seconds, no more endorsement deals, uh, no more games, no more television. And so obviously if Daryl Morey wakes up one day and says, maybe I shouldn't have sent that tweet. Uh, First Amendment, everybody understands that. If you're going to do business in, in a country like that, you, you got you to gotta change things around. And things that are so intense are, for example, uh, that uh, I, I watched the LeBron six minutes. He did it after a you know, warm-up. 98% of his answers were beautiful, really well done and scripted. And just at the end of the thing, he kind of let his hair down a little bit and said that Daryl Morey was misinformed. Uh, I think he really probably meant that misinformed about how far the tweet would go. But yet now he's on the chopping block. So this is, this is going to take a lot of people. It's not going to take them down, but it's certainly going to affect people. Ten years ago, ten years from now, historians write about this. It's, it's an amazing example of how the modern world and how social media can kind of get everybody all excited to the point of hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, listen, uh, I won't deny uh, that LeBron's uh, global uh, icon status and his career and his uh, infamy and all the rest, I get all that, and and that's deserving. He certainly has earned that. But I I have to tell you, you know, I feel like uh, he stuck, stuck his nose in it, and then he opened up his mouth and then started talking about how you know, Maury was misinformed. Meanwhile, I felt like um, he's always trying, in my opinion, to try to be the, the, you know, philosophical guy for the league. And it's funny to me because I said this the other night. Now, people don't like hearing it, but he has a high sc- he's got a high school education. That's what he's got. But he's got a TV show that he sits in a barber shop and he's trying to change the world with all of his genius. I don't think he's as smart as he as he plays on TV. I think he's a great basketball player. And frankly, when it comes to big things like this, this political nature of this uh this disaster, he should have kept his mouth shut. So I don't think he's as smart as he thinks he is. In fact, I think he's pretty stupid, too. Well, listen, a lot of people probably should have kept their mouth shut, which is the point. But then you get into Michael Jordan, who, when he chooses to stay quiet on stuff, remember there's a lot of criticism about how he should have spoken up about a lot of things. He had a platform, never took advantage of it, should have been a role model. So, you know, you, sometimes you can't win on, on all of this. And, and what, what, what we, we learn is that you can't script this stuff. The other thing is, if you're a crisis management person, now you can charge hundreds of thousands of dollars because everybody's going to be in the hot seat now for a while. 
And the answer, like you just said, is I, a, a lot of people would have done a lot better just by being quiet for a couple of days. Yeah, I agree. Rick Harrell with us. Uh, the MLS playoffs have started. I guess my question is, uh, I know they have 50 million teams in the league, but are they actually, any of them, making money? And, and B, does anyone give a rat's ass about the MLS playoffs? Uh, people in the MLS do. <laughs> uh, you know, are they making money? Uh, it, it, it's hard to know. It's a different expansion process here because, you know, Don Garber sets a price. It's $250 million. It's even more than that. You get stadiums done. There are a lot of guys in the league beyond just the Hunt family and the Crafts who have made major commitments in this league. Now you've got 29. You're going to have 30. Sacramento is next. The Miami deal hopefully will get done sometime in the next uh, mill century. And the bottom line is uh, there are people going. Uh, they're, they're, you know, small stadiums. Everybody's got a stadium done. And for the MLS, it's not the Premier League, but I do think that they've uh, made a lot of steps in the right direction over the last few years. So uh, the XFL had their draft, their five-tiered draft, five phases of it. And what we surmised from the whole thing at the end of the day, Rick, was is that uh, the, the list of players that were drafted is um, atrocious. I, I want to know, how is that league going to be any better than it was before when they got a bunch of hacks playing in it? Yeah, but you remember the USFL's downfall uh, in addition to the fact that Trump moved to the spring and they won an antitrust suit, but they won three bucks. Downfall was to bid uh, high prices uh, for players who are already in the NFL. And, and maybe what you do is you you have a little more of a superstar orientation than what this draft did, but not everybody. So you're right. It's kind of hard to understand how people are going to go see football with the guys that they've ended up drafting. Hey, but the bottom line is Oliver Luck and people are saying, well, football of any kind is better than no football at all. The alliance proved that's not the case, but maybe it'll be better this time around. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, Sanchez just hit a two-run homer, but they're still down. Uh, yeah, he did it now when they're down 6-1. It's 6-3 now. Uh, his first postseason home run, his first hit in three months. Uh, SoFi uh, sees the Rams and Chargers home as an efficient way to market. Uh, and my question is this. The Chargers are struggling to sell seat licenses there. And the reality of it, my question is, uh, are they going to – is it going to work for them there? Because I have never seen a team get so, like, ridiculed for moving to L.A. or even moving into this stadium with the Rams because everyone keeps saying that the Chargers have no chance to be successful in Los Angeles. I'm not sure I believe that with that new stadium worth billions. I think they'll actually do well there. See, and that's, ex that's exactly my point. Uh, when you move into a $5 billion palace uh, and you've been used to a 25,000-seat band box, it's going to add some people anyway. question is, are people going to come from South County, Orange County, and San Diego – especially when those people feel they were jilted by the Chargers in the first place. Teams not playing really well this year, but they don't suck. And so a lot changes when a new stadium gets done. And will they coexist with the Rams? Well, yeah, it took a while, but the Jets and the Giants certainly have figured out a way to coexist. So the bottom line is, ask me in two years, once you have a year in that new stadium, 
And if they're still struggling, there's a problem. Uh, Rick Harrell with us tonight in Indianapolis, our sports business and legal insider for over two decades on my show. I have to ask you, the, the World Health Organization is involved with FIFA now to promote healthy lifestyles through soccer globally. Maybe they should focus instead, FIFA, on uh, ending the racism at all of their games. Well, that's one of the things they're trying to talk about, too. But they're trying to do to, uh, tobacco-free environments, um, uh, uh, dealing with technical advice, health, safety, yeah, the racism, by the way, if people haven't seen it, it's not a joking matter. It's really, really, really bad. I've been to games over in Europe, and it's, it's just it's, it's not a great environment. So they've got slogans and racism. That in and of itself doesn't do it. I, I don't know what does, but maybe you spend more money and you focus on it even harder than you do today. You're absolutely right. Uh, New York City Marathon training, what are they doing, eating pizza? <laughs> yeah, how about that? Uh, <laughs> they're talking about... Uh, doing a miles for pizza challenge, uh, New Balance is involved in it. The more running, the more pizza slices, the more you raise for charity. Kind of cool. Uh, tell me about this. Uh, the ad week shows how the NFL connects television advertising and American culture. I'll tell you how they do it uh, with the ratings they get. 19 of the highest 20 rated broadcasts in TV history have been Super Bowls. We know that. But the other stat is... 142 billion people tune into the NFL. 20 of the top 20 highest-rated TV programs this season, all NFL games. Now you know how they do it. And by the way, streaming is up 51%. So everybody's watching, but they're watching different stuff now, including on your devices. Yeah, they are. Uh, let's do top tech. How about the NFL expanding their over-tier Game Pass deal, which is international streaming ops? 181 countries, Israel, Japan, Mexico, South Korea, a lot of different places. The Zones parent company involved in it as well. So over-tier is another really cool way to get games to people through a lot of different platforms, Xbox, PlayStation, Amazon, Fire TV, Samsung, all of those. So it used to be when you went over to Europe and on vacation or go to places, you couldn't find the NFL, not anymore. So uh, tell me about uh, the PGA at the players on, in, like, March. They're going to show every single shot by every single player the whole tournament. How are they going to do that? With a lot of cameras and a lot of dollars and a lot of technology. 32,000 shots over four days at Sawgrass. 120 cameras all over the course. So they're getting full techie, and they're saying, we're going to try to cover – the game, not just with the leaders, but everybody. Uh, the merging, this is the power of sports, merging vets and players, the MVP charity, and the Falcons, that's a great thing that they're doing to help reduce military and veteran suicides. Now they just have to figure out a way to uh, keep their fans from jumping off a building. Well, especially if they play the way they've been playing. And so, hey, you got to admire Arthur Blank and the Falcons for coming up with some really cool stuff off the field, even if they're not playing well on the field. Saints linebacker Demario Davis turns man of God headband violation into an act of charity. What did he do? That's a really cool deal. So the NFL says, look, we're going to fine you just like we find Jim McMahon and other people. Although we like you and we like Demario Davis, we're going to fine you 7000 bucks because you wrote in the headband. He said, all right, go ahead and do it. We're going to give all the money to charity, Dominic's Hospital in Jackson, Mississippi. And by the way, I'm going to keep wearing man of God, women of God. You want to find me more? More money for charity. Uh, how about the uh, the Canes with this Nicosi Perry? Every uh, like, are you kidding me? I got to go down that road again. You got to go down that road, but uh, you know Williams didn't do it. And the problem with that road is, I don't care who you put back there. If you have an offensive line that looks like a sieve, 
uh, it's no good for football. And what about the Dolphins? They change quarterbacks every week. What are they doing? Well, uh, what are they doing? They're, you know, they're going to try to go well, – wrong words. Um, they are providing an opportunity to rebuild. problem is if you have 4 million draft picks next year, that just doesn't automatically guarantee success either. But, you know, listen, Steve Ross says, I'm tired of being 7-9 and nine or 8-8. Eight and eight. I'm trying something new. And you've got to admit, it's different than what's been happening in the past. It's crazy that the Panthers and the Heat are going to be more exciting uh, than the Dolphins and Canes in Miami because uh, Tyler Hero and Adebayo and then the Panthers have Bobrovsky. They're actually more fun to watch. Rick, great stuff. Uh, Enjoy Indy and Chicago and Champagne and Indy again. All right, man. See you next week. All right, Rick Harrow with us tonight from Indianapolis, Indiana, the Hoosiers, where I went to school, Indiana University. Uh, You alum, son. 87. I actually graduated. Considering how much booze I drank down there, I'm a little surprised that I graduated. Coming up, Jeremy Kahn from The Fan in Baltimore. We'll talk Lamar Jackson, Ravens, Seahawks. Coming up Sunday in Seattle on a bench. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.